What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another Best Of. I'm your host, Ryan Satin. And for those of you who weren't able to listen to every podcast that I did this week, don't worry. I'm not too mad about it. I'm a little disappointed, but I'm not mad. Just disappointed. But I still got you covered. We got you every week here with a Best Of where I'm going to give you a taste of everything that was in the podcast feed, starting with this week's Raw Roundup. Next, there was another Cody Rhodes video package that aired. Cody says he can't watch the Hell in a Cell match back because it's scary to see how much he's sacrificing. Footage is shown of Cody's surgery, and we see Brandy on WWE TV again. I was going to say for the first time, but it's for the first time since, I guess, for the first time since Cody has returned to WWE. Uh, Cody then says, that after surgery, he knew the real work would begin. So here's my question to you. I know we all expected Cody to return in the Royal Rumble, and I know that he's even on the Royal Rumble poster. But are they foretelling it too much with these video packages? Do you think that they're showing you that Cody is going to be there almost too much? Or, excuse me, do you think that they're insinuating that Cody being there is too much do you think that it will take away from the surprise pop that he would have gotten if his music had just played at a certain number these are questions i'm actually asking you i'm not being uh sarcastic or being snarky i'm actually wondering what all of you think because i've seen varying opinions and I'm not really sure which side I fall on because I can see both arguments I see a lot of people saying that it's very reminiscent of Triple H's 2002 return and that Cody could get a similar reaction which does make a lot of sense however I just can't help but think that a surprise return always brings about maximum crowd response however I want to hear it from you guys because I really am on the fence here. I'm not sure which one it is. And I'd like you all to tell me what you think. So please tweet me and let me know. Next, Dolph is being interviewed backstage about wrestling solo Sokoa later. Mustafa Ali angrily approached him saying he was told by Pierce that Dolph didn't want to team with him in the tag team turmoil match. Ziggler says not to take it personally and that this is this is about more than the two of them, that he hopes Ali understands, but Ali does not look like he understands as Dolph Ziggler walks away. Next, we get a Bronson Reed video package, and then he was interviewed by Byron Saxton. Miz takes the lead on talking here, saying that he and Reed have each other's backs. Reed explains that there's no us between him and Miz, and says if he wants something from him again, he can pay him. This was good. <laughs> this was reassuring. I don't think we necessarily needed the pairing of Miz and Bronson Reed going forward. I think Bronson Reed being his own force is much better. He's a tough dude. He's someone who can get over on his own. He can talk when it calls for it. I don't think that he needs to be caught up in a bunch of Miz funny business. Let Bronson Reed be uh, let Bronson Reed be the animal that he is in the ring who can go on the top rope, who can smash you, who can beat the crap out of you. Let him do that. 
sure, if you want to let Ms. Pam sometimes and at least get him involved in other stories, I mean, I guess it can't hurt. But I would like to see Bronson Reed get a real push. I just don't think that he needs to get involved in funny stuff right now when he's someone who really can just go in the ring, who just can it can really just do his thing, and I just don't think that he needs to get caught up in Miz business. And it seems like that's kind of what this promo was meant to signify. Wait, I'm rolling over to get a sip of water. Hold on one second. Okay, I'm back, see? I just I feel bad when I'm in the car and then when you're you're in the car or you're doing whatever and then suddenly it's just silent for a second. I feel like I need to give you a heads up. This is why it's easier when I have a, a partner to talk with. <sighs> Excuse me, sorry about that. Okay. Next we had Solo Sokoa versus Dolph Ziggler. Solo took control early on. Dolph fought back and got some nice near falls. Solo then got Dolph up for a powerbomb, though, tossed him off while hitting the Samoan spike to get the win. The Usos hopped the guardrail to celebrate with Solo, even though they weren't supposed to be there. (laughs) Um, Man, Solo just keeps getting this huge push. He keeps looking like a beast, keeps getting wins against established performers, keeps holding his own against established performers, looks like he belongs. This is a push to where I genuinely believe that in a year's time, we could see a feud between Solo and Roman Reigns that would be believable, that people would buy into, that people would want to see. That's how much Solo Sokoa has impressed me in his short time on the main roster. Dude's like a one-man wrecking crew just running through people. But when he's in the match with people, I think that you can tell when someone looks like they belong or someone looks like they're trying their best to look like they should be there. And Solo Sokoa, every time he's on screen, looks like a star. Every time he's in a match, no matter who, no matter how high up the person he's wrestling is on the card, he looks like he belongs against them. Solo Sokoa really has been impressive. Am I crazy for thinking that we could see Solo versus Roman Reigns in a year's time? Am I crazy for that? I don't think I am. In fact, I could even see him winning the IC title at some point in time too. And I know Gunther's been doing a great job with it. But if if the bloodline doesn't break up, Even if they do, I could see him being an IC champion in the next few months. It would not surprise me. That's how much he has been killing it. That's how much he has impressed me in his matches. Ah, There's something about that Samoan spike, too. If you're using that Samoan spike, you're going to get an Umaga-like push. And Solo has really lived up to the occasion. That powerbomb into the spike looked sick. I love cool setups like that. When you got... A unique setup. Very cool. Loving seeing Solo Sokoa get that monster push. Next, Bailey was interviewed by Kathy Kelly, but gets approached by Mia Yim, who is pissed about Bailey cheating earlier. Damage control then beat her down, and Bailey gets in her face saying to not step up for someone who won't be there for her. Next, my favorite part of the show, Ms. TV with Dominic. Mysterio and Judgment Day. This was phenomenal. Dominic Mysterio has 
a whole new transformation. We saw last week where he was prison dom. This week, he went full K-Dog. I'm talking about Conan, who was someone who had a hand in training Dominic as well. But he definitely had the K-Dog attire on. He had the flannel with the top buttons on. He had the, the, the bandana around his face. When he came out and did that like cholo drop-down pose in front of Judgment Day, I died. It was so funny. Dominic Mysterio is finally finding the character that works for him. I love how silly this is. I don't care that it's... He's clearly in on the joke. He's, you're not supposed to think that Dominic is suddenly hard. That's the joke. I saw a couple people in my replies who clearly don't understand the joke. Or like, oh, he doesn't look tough at all. Or, oh, he was only... It was only supposed to be there for five hours. What? That's the joke. That's the whole joke is that he is hard for being in jail for five hours or whatever it was. That's why this is funny, guys. I hope that if you, I hope that if you're listening to this, you're not one of those people who tweeted me trying to poke hole, trying to poke holes in the logic of this story because it's fantastic. I love it. Dominic trying to look hard. So Dominic talked about. How he had to do what he had to do to see mommy again in prison, and that he was that he was around the worst possible people there. Dom now continues to talk with a deeper voice and tells a story about slapping his roommate at one point, and then says, "Now I truly know how Martha Stewart feels." Miz points out that he heard he was only in holding for a few hours, but Judgment Day backs him down, saying he was misinformed. And finally, Gallows and Anderson interrupt this to kick off the tag team turmoil match. We're going to get to the tag team turmoil match. But first, Prison Dom, Dominic Mysterio, Cholo Dom, K-Dom, that's the name. He's K-Dom, of course, K-Dom, that's what I'm calling him from now on. K-Dom played his part to perfection here. Rich kid acting like a hardened criminal for being in jail for a couple hours. I really think this is going to work for Dominic Mysterio. I really think that he can take this and run with it. And I actually think that taking a page from someone he's so close with in Conan was such a good call. Such a good call. It had to have been intentional. He's had intentional uh, you know, allusions to Eddie, Ray before... Now he's taking a page from someone who was in the NWO, K-Dog, and he was acting hard, dude. I actually felt like Dominic did a good job of not, you know, playing into, you know, the, the fake part of what he's doing and actually believing what he's doing because I think that when you believe what you're doing, when you believe in what you are trying to sell someone, people will buy it. If you don't believe in what you're trying to sell someone, People will not buy it. And Dominic is clearly believing in what he is doing. And it's great. I hope they keep it going. I think that Dominic Mysterio... (laughs) Dominic Mysterio as a cholo could become the best part of Monday Night Raw every week. I enjoy comedic characters... And if Dom's not going to, you know, try, this is a way of, you know, not having to have five-star matches and really forming a different ring style. To me, one of the problems has always been 
that he was trying to do high flyer stuff. And I think that as, uh, you know, as this more grounded uh, Cholo-like character, he can maybe start to form a different moveset. Maybe take some of the moves from Conan. Hit, bust out some Tequila Sunrise in your match. Uh, you know, do... Do do some of his mannerisms in the ring. I think it's gonna work. And we saw, you know, tonight he was still acting a little soft in the actual tag team turmoil match, which I'll get to what happened with him in a little bit. But uh yeah, I, I, I really do think that this twist of the character and Dom just fully buying into the fact that he is tough and judgment day hyping him up as such is really gonna be entertaining. All right, lastly, let's get to this main event. Tag team turmoil match. It began with the OC versus Judgment Day. The OC get eliminated after Dominic interferes. And then, once again, more Hurt Business stuff. We get a little mini Hurt Business reunion as Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander team up with each other in this match. Shelton and Cedric had a solid showing, but it wasn't enough. And they lost. But... I do, excuse me, I do think it was smart to show that Shelton and Cedric are on the same page. Oh, man, I got the hiccups. A terrible time to have the hiccups when you're hosting a podcast by yourself. I'm going to drink this drink. Hold on one second. Excuse me. A terrible time to have the hiccups. Jesus. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think that if you want the Hurt Business to have a meaningful reunion. Smart to have Shelton Benjamin and Cedric starting the team again. I also really do wonder if the Hurt Business were to get back together, what do you do with Amos? Do you put him with the Hurt Business? Or do you have him feud against the Hurt Business? Mad that MVP tossed him to the side and we try out Babyface Omos. I think Babyface Omos might be the way to go. I've interviewed the guy in person. He's super personable. He's very nice. He is a hero to people where he's from. I think you could get Babyface Omos over. Am I crazy for thinking that? Is that the right way to go? Rather than pairing him with the group now i understand there are advantages to pairing him with the group as well obviously continuing to gain experience from mvp being being involved in storylines where he doesn't have to wrestle every week he's just a problem solver for the group all right next here's a portion of this week's interview on out of character yeah my producer had sent me one of your Instagram posts from when you first signed with WWE and you kind of talked about how, you know, wrestling finally, like at a certain point you had to make a decision and, and, and shift your focus and get in the right mental headspace. And then everything started to fall into place. And I think that it's hard to find, it's hard to get yourself to push yourself to do that. But I do think when someone finally yeah. does it, you get the, you get results like you see with you where, you know, you're, you're thriving now. Dude, me and my ex-girlfriend were together for like, five years and like we finally broke up and I remember I was so depressed and I was so just lost and this is something probably nobody knows but I'm gonna tell you I was so lost and I remember just like I took like a month just like really just down on myself and this you want to know what happened this was in COVID too 
So think about it like that. There was Damn. no rest. Yeah, it was tough. It was, it was like right on, right on, right as it was getting off. Um, and I just remember like taking a month, and I just woke up one day. I'm like, yo, like, all right, like, you got like another week of this, and then like you need to figure out what you're gonna do. And mind you, there wasn't like I couldn't go out wrestling every weekend because there was nowhere to work because everybody knew COVID protocols and things like that. I remember I just got in. You know when you like break up with a girl, you get in really good shape, you just get really motivated. <laughs> I did that. I truly did that. And like my, my focus, like not to say that this girl was holding me back, but I wasn't, you know, I was trying to divide my time and my focus on this and that. And you know what I mean? Like I was happy. I was comfortable. I think that that's the problem is I was comfortable. Um, and then once I got out of my comfort zone and I, and I really had to like put, turn that pain like into my passion, you know what I mean? I think I, I got out of that. I got in really good shape. I started sending out emails. I started getting booked back again. I started getting eyes on me again. And then within six months from that point, I was signed to WWE living in Orlando. Crazy. Six months. Yeah. yeah that, I, 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 I say you're, it. you're reminding me of that time period. And I feel like that's kind of when you were like tweeting, trying to like get attention from people, right? Like you were like, yo, I'm a free agent. I'm the next thing. Like if, yeah. I, if I call correctly. Yeah. I was like, dude, I'm freaking nice. Like somebody... Give me a contract. And I've always been, you know, here's the thing, too, also, Ryan, like, I had people, like, offering me, I guess you could say, like, a deal or whatever. Like, I had a company or two, like, that was interested in me. But I just believed in myself so much more than I thought, hey, you know, and I said this before, people took this out of, out of pocket. But I said, I want to go top two. You know what I mean? I want to go top two, one or the other. And... And it ended up working out to where it was the one that I wanted, you know. So wait, okay, so you said, okay, eight or nine, who, like, where did, oh, yeah. where did wrestling, so who introduced you to it? Do you remember? Was it a family member, a friend? Did you just yeah. come across on TV? No, I think it was, it was, it was, because if you remember, like, that period, wrestling was just on. Like, yep. people, everyone watched. You know what I mean? It was just always on. And I do remember it was like, it might have been, like, with my cousins or somebody, but I do remember wrestling being on. And, and you know when it's on, you can't take your eye off, especially if you're a little kid. Like, you, you're just like, I don't know what this is, but this is freaking this is freaking cool. These guys are cool. And I remember from that point on, it was like, okay, when it's on, I'll watch it. To the point where it's like I was going out of my way to watch it. And I was, you know, going out of my way to see what's going on. Then I started getting involved in the storylines and started like, I mean, I knew, you know, as a kid, I didn't know what was what. So it's like, I can't believe this is really happening. You know, like. In real life, like, who are these guys? Like, th these are my superheroes. And I take that responsibility in, into effect today because, you know, it's weird. Like, you don't think about it because you just used to your nine to five, like, type of grind of, like, you know, we go to the PC and we train and da da da. But somewhere, like, some kid looks at me the way that I looked at, you know, like uh, Edge and, and Eddie Guerrero and The Rock and Sean and Triple H and Taker. You know what I mean? So I, I always have to take that into consideration a lot of times that, like, I am somebody's superhero. Uh, and it's a and it's a cool, cool feeling and a cool responsibility. So, does, does that motivate you, too? Because I feel like, you know, that, that would have to be a motivating thing to know that, like, well, I have to be a role model to people, and so that would push me to be in the gym and, you know, being the best possible version of myself. Yeah, no, 100%. And it's one of those things, too, where, you know, I try not to push the line too much because I know people are watching me that look up to me. So there's a lot of things like where, you know, with things that I'll say or things that I'll do, you know, I understand sometimes it's a little edgy, 
Um, but I also believe in just being true to yourself. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that everybody needs to be bubblegum. I don't think that everybody needs to be generic ABC safe. You know what I mean? I, I think it's okay to be yourself and have flaws in a way. But, you know, I, I, there's somebody that's just like me that's at home that's like, I'm just like him. He gets me. And that's what I strive to do. I want that. I want, like, little black boys, little black girls, you know, everyone, but just kids that look like me. Honestly, truly, like, kids that look like me to be able to sit at home and say, he represents me. I take so much pride in that. I really do. I feel like it's not even just kids. It's older people, too. Like, I know my one of my yeah. uh, social media my social media guy, uh, he, when I told him you were going to be on the show, like, he, I, he loves wrestling. He watches every week. He's our social media guy. But I don't yeah. I don't normally get like an excited like, oh, that's going to that person's going to be on your show unless it's like you know, a Randy Orton or an Undertaker or something like that. And when we were in our meeting this week, I was like, oh, I got Carmelo Hayes. He was like, no way. Carmelo Hayes. Like, hell yeah, dude. Like he was so hyped on it. And I was like, I had a feeling that you were going to be excited about that. So you do you do spark that within people. I see it. Ooh, very cool. Yes. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's. It's awesome to to know that you that you you know that people Understand. can see that, yeah that people can see themselves yeah. within you and that and and that's very cool. I think also you know it's funny you talk about the responsibility of knowing that there's people that that feel that way. And I think that like ten years ago, I would see John Cena and be like, why won't he turn heel? He's got to turn heel. And now ten years cooler. later, you you say that you know, I always thought that, but now as right, right. And now ten years later, and I see I go. They all, all, all these people look up to him. I could see how it would be hard for him to want to change that when, yeah. when he's doing all these make a wishes and, 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 you know, being that superhero for people. Yeah. It's his brand. Like that, that's his brand of that character or that, that type of, yeah, yeah. He, it would have been difficult for him. And, and I do, and I do agree. I think it's the make a wishes and stuff um, because, you know, kids, so many kids want to meet him. They don't want to meet this bad guy. You know what I mean? They want to meet <laughs> You know, hustle loyalty. Exactly. Yeah, they don't. They want to meet the guy who says to never give up, not the guy who's yeah. fighting Dominic Toretto or whatever in the Fast and the Furious movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so on Twitter you wrote, uh, "My 2022 was way too lit to put into words or a photo collage, but we have some time here." So, in reflecting on the past year a bit, I think it's safe to say that this was the best year of your career up to this point, right? Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I, and like, that's why I didn't make that post because I'm, I was sitting back, I think it was the, the day or the day before. And I'm like, how do I reflect on this? Cause I do, I self-reflect a lot. I mean, just to, just to remind myself where I've been, you know, remind myself like almost to ground myself. Um, but I remember just thinking, I'm like, damn, I did a lot this year. And sometimes I'll see things pop up and I'm like, wow, that was like four months ago, five months ago. Um, but no, it's just this was the best year of my career, like in every aspect, you know what I mean? Just in my life, you know, it's just and, and it's one of those things where it's so much now that I'm like, oh, God, like I try not to even think about the future because it's like this feels so high. You know what I mean? It's like, where do I go from here? Um, but no, I think this was like the way I explained it before to somebody is this is my senior year. This NXT you know, run right now that I'm in is my senior year. If you really look back at the black and gold stuff that I did, the breakout tournament stuff, you can consider that my freshman year. And then the introduction in the 2.0, you can consider my sophomore year. The North American title runs, you can consider you can consider my uh, junior years. And then the start of that new 
uh, white gold era, I guess, or whatever it is, is is really my senior year. I really I feel like I got this thing down. Um, so I break up those that 2022 into kind of into years, and and, and they it went by freaking quick. Well, when you talk like like how you were like, ah, oh, that was four months ago or whatever. I was when I was looking at you know when I was writing stuff down for this. I was like, God, when he beat Roderick Strong and unify the titles, that was in January. Today. Like, and he's had such a, a long, yeah, that was like an officially a year ago. And I was like, God, he's grown so much since it, like so much has happened since that happened, since that match. Wow. Yeah. I had that reflection the other day. I was like, wow, I feel myself growing. Like I saw a picture of myself uh, around the war games time. And I was like, who's this kid? And it's not a long time. It was just in December of last year, but I think this is, Something about this business, man. It's like dog ears. Um, it's like you know, it is. I'm, I don't know. I hope I'm not the only one that that thinks that. I bet no, that's a great way. Else. That's a great way of describing it. Totally. It's like dog ears. So it's like I feel like now I'm, I'm year one. I'm freaking seven years. <laughs> Obviously not. There's so much more to learn. But yeah, like when you put it like that, me and Roderick Strong, I. I can't even watch my matches from three months ago because I don't feel like I'm the same performer. Even my promos and stuff like that. I feel like week to week I've been trying to progress myself um, with any little any little detail and all those little things. So, do you go back? So, do you go back and watch your matches afterwards? We have yeah, we have skill. We have like a tape study a lot of times. So I train. Uh, I'm switch training now, but I train with uh, Coach Terry Taylor, uh, Red Rooster Terry Taylor. And I grew so much training under him because we worked on uh, psychology and fundamentals um, mainly. And obviously we did a lot of in-ring stuff too, but he's very big on the whys. And even coming up, uh, and I think that's what gave me a little bit of an edge coming up on the independence where I trained at. It's the same school. I've been doing it for us in Academy, same school that Sasha trained at, Kofi trained at. Um, a lot of uh, Ivar trained at, Tommaso trained at. A lot of real good die jack a lot of real good new england wrestlers came through this school and we were always taught why lastly here's a portion of the smackdown roundup bray wyatt came out next but before he walked out they had a teaser for this segment that had one of those qr codes in it and that qr code led to wwe.com slash let me in and that site had a Firefly Funhouse video of Bray Wyatt where he briefly transformed into the Fiend and then turned back and said, let me in. So once Bray got to the ring, his old rocking chair was there, had a spotlight on it, and he said, Green Bay, we're here like old times. Bray then said that he remembers all the things he's lost and he remembers that he's the color red in a world full of black and white, that he's the eater of worlds. He is Uncle Howdy. He is him. And he also says that his true his true rebirth will happen at the Royal Rumble. And then the light and that when the lights go out, excuse me, let me say that again. I got mad because I took a break real fast here when I took that commercial break. Had to check the audio. Didn't mute my freaking notifications again. That's me slapping myself. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm slapping myself for you. Uh, Bray, that, like I said, Bray said his true rebirth will happen at the Rumble and that when the lights go out, LA Knight should run. Loved all the old school Bray Wyatt stuff. Him doing all that old school Bray Wyatt stuff 
the Fiend teaser that they showed before the match. Things that he said kind of makes me feel like we're going to see the Fiend at the Royal Rumble, right? In the pitch black match. Am I crazy for thinking that? You're going to say, Ryan, well, he, Ryan, he did all this old school Bray Wyatt stuff. Maybe he's going to be more like that. I don't know. I kind of feel like we're going to see both. I don't know. I think he's going to like, I think he's going to be like a version of the old Bray when he was in a cult, when he was, you know, the Wyatt family, Bray Wyatt. I think he's going to look similar to that when he wrestles part of this match. But I feel like at some point he's going to become the fiend. Am I crazy for thinking that? I feel like he is. You know, also, you know, he says, I am Uncle Howdy. Or he is Uncle, yeah. He says he's Eater World, that he's, I'm Uncle Howdy, I'm him. I still think that Bray Wyatt is supposed to be Uncle Howdy somehow. I do. I think that he is. Because he was the one wearing the Uncle Howdy mask when he first came out, when he returned. And the voice sounds just like him in the videos. So I do think that that it's ultimately still going to be Bray Wyatt. I don't know how this is all going to factor into a pitch black match. John Roca and I, were going to do a, another pay-per-view, excuse me, p- p- premium live event predictions show. We're going to get into what we think a pitch black match is is we're going to talk about all of that. So I don't want to unload that here, but I just kind of feel like I feel like we're going to see the Fiend at the Royal Rumble. That's my guess. I think we're going to see the Fiend at the Royal Rumble. It just felt like everything was leading up to the Fiend coming back. He's been trying to, you know, Uncle Howdy or whatever is going on, has been trying to bring the Fiend out of him this whole time it feels like. Yeah, that's what I think. You know, I think that also there was the whole Wyatt Six thing. He let out the 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 different members of the Firefly Funhouse. Maybe this is them coming back after. I don't know, man. I don't know. I see a lot of people saying that this needs some sort of payoff the Royal Rumble. I do agree a little bit. I don't want, I don't think, you know, whatever's going on Bray Wyatt needs to be answered at the Royal Rumble. But I do think we need a little bit of resolution to something. That sounded funny the way I said that. Uh, I think we need a little bit of resolution to something. We need to know a little bit about what's going on with Bray Wyatt. Because honestly, that was always my biggest frustration with the last time that The Fiend was around. It wasn't the no-selling. It wasn't him being indestructible like others seem to have a problem with. I just always felt like we were we'd get all these teases or we'd we'd get excited about stuff storyline wise about whatever this struggle internally going on with Bray Wyatt was but then we never really got any information on it it was like you know when you kind of like when you watched Lost and at the end people were like but what about the polar bears you never really told us about the polar bears <laughs> you know i feel like we need a a polar bear answer of some sort to kind of like Keep things going with this Bray Wyatt internal storyline because I do enjoy it. I just want like a little bit of a breadcrumb as to like what's going on because I think initially the White Rabbit things did seem to be telling you stuff. It I don't think we were 
looking at all these clues for no reason at all. I know it was just a, it was mainly to hype that Bray Wyatt was coming back and to make that the answer. But since then, there's been all these new clues, it seems, that people have been piecing together. And we need to know if we're kind of on the right track a little bit. Kind of like when Bray Wyatt came out, we realized, okay, we were right. The White Rabbit stuff was for Bray Wyatt. I think that like we need a little bit of something to be like, okay, we were right. This is where we're going. Let's go there until we get to WrestleMania. That's what I would like to see in this pitch black match. Hope I didn't confuse you with all of that. I think that all made sense. Next, Kevin Owens begins to get interviewed, but Sami Zayn quickly interrupts and asks if Kevin is happy screwing everything up for him. KO reminds Sammy that it's been Roman who's using him, and Sammy just doesn't see it. Sammy says no, it's family, and he's proud to handle business for his family tonight. Imperium spoke with Kayla Braxton backstage after that. We already talked about that earlier in the show, so I'll go right into Liv Morgan versus Raquel Rodriguez. Uh, Raquel tossed Morgan out of the ring early on to prove her point about the Royal Rumble. Liv tried to do the same after that, but struggled. Liv kept firing herself up with headbutts, uh, one on Raquel and one in, excuse me, once on Raquel and once in the corner. One would be an incorrect term because I like that she was going full Sandman with the cane and just slamming her head into the turnbuckle and also just slamming her head into Raquel's head multiple times. This got... Uh, This allowed Liv to work up the strength to clothesline Raquel over the top rope this time. But really, man, like, I just, I really am loving unhinged Liv. It's different than her acting crazy. She just, like, doesn't give a crap now, it seems, and is starting to act hardcore. It's great. It's like I was saying earlier, a different little wrinkle in her character. But it's working fantastically for her. People seem to enjoy it. The fans who, I think there's still some fans who maybe go, oh, she's too small. But when, like, she's pulling out a table and trying to use a table in a in a non-hardcore match just because she wants to, you can't help but cheer for someone like that. It's the same reason people cheered for Sandman back in the day. She really does remind me of, like, a pretty Sandman at this point who isn't drinking or smoking. Instead, he is... Uh, instead, she's using uh, crystals and and <laughs> making candles, but still, it's like she's like just embodies this like hardcore style. I know it's not quite the same. She's not bloody. She's not using barbed wire all the time, but I feel like the the vibe she's putting out there is if you allowed her to, she'd be doing death matches. I think. I think. If if Liv Morgan wasn't in WWE, I could see her in death matches right now. It just kind of feels, from an outsider perspective, watching her on TV each, each week, uh, that she is kind of a masochist in some way lately. I mean, she kind of said it on the podcast when I had her on that she's just kind of like in a hardcore mood these days. But it's it's really progressed since then. And I do think that if allowed, if she wasn't in WWE, if she had the opportunity, I think she'd be doing death matches right now. I think she wants to get all bloody. I think she wants the pain. That's and and if not, 
then she's doing a fantastic job of selling me on her character because she does put that energy out. She does make it seem like she is ready to get scrappy at all times. And I'm already a Liv Morgan fan, so I'm into all of this. I think most people are too. I think that a lot of times when someone loses the championship after their first time, they can really fall down. And it's hard to get that momentum again to get back there. You know, takes some people years to get that uh, world title again. Not everyone can be a 14-time world champion. But I really do think that in the wake of her loss, she has come out better in the end for it. Also, her gear looked sick in this match. All right, that's it. I'm done. Officially tapping out for now. Before I get out of here, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast feed. If you enjoyed this little taste of the roundups, you'll get full Raw and SmackDown roundups every week. So make sure you subscribe to this podcast feed and check those out. I put a lot of work into them. So I hope that you're enjoying them. And if you are enjoying them, make sure you leave a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. I think you can only leave an actual review on Apple Podcasts, but leave a a, a rating on Spotify. Just let people know you like this show, please. I want more people to listen to it. (laughs) Also, make sure that you subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. That's where you can find Out of Character every Wednesday on video so go subscribe to the wwe on fox youtube channel there's also clips from ron smackdown there there's clips from out of character there's youtube shorts there's a community tab everything that you would want out of a youtube channel in wrestling is there on the wwe on fox youtube channel so go make sure you subscribe and also follow wwe on fox on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We're on all of them, so make sure you are following us there. All right, you go have a great Sunday, and we'll be back Monday, tomorrow, to talk about Monday Night Raw once it's over.